Morning, everybody. Yeah, I told Terry that joke before the service. It's, it's, and uh, this morning we're looking at uh, the Pharisees and lawyers. So basically, what we're going to be focusing on, uh, which is not an easy subject really, is hypocrites and hypocrisy. And uh, when I read this, I found it really, really quite challenging. So, we'll get straight into it. Chapter 11, verse 37, and it goes through to Luke, chapter 12, verse 3. But I think I'll just read the Luke, chapter 12, verse 3. Basically, the first bit is talking about all the traditions, all the rituals, and the way that the uh, Pharisees uh, wanted to portray themselves. I mean, you can read that later on, but basically that's all it's talking about. And obviously, Jesus, as usual is challenging uh, the Pharisees and lawyers about their beliefs and traditions and, and things like that. So chapter 12, verse 1 to 3, and this is entitled, Avoid Hypocrisy. In the meantime, when an innumerable multitude of people had gathered together so that they were trampled on one another, he began to say to his disciples, first of all, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, nor hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have spoken in the dark will be heard in the light, and what you have spoken in the ear in inner rooms will be proclaimed from the housetops. So, Pharisees and lawyers, hypocrites in hypocrisy. I looked up the word hypocrite, the practice of claiming to have higher standards or feigning to be what one is not. And I looked at, I thought, what can we look at? Let's look at lots of different things that apply to me and can apply to us. So what were the Pharisees good at? The Pharisees were good, and the lawyers, at judging others by human standards. How many times have we done that? Man-made traditions, problematic, complicated sometimes, ritualistic ways. But even with the washing of the hands, which we read about in verse 11, Jesus kind of doesn't play along. The Word of God should be our standard. Yeah? Not man. Not man-made traditions. Not man-made rules. I know we need rules. But God's standards are more important. Apparently, I think the Pharisees had something like 660 extra rules on top of things, which is an awful lot. Another thing, looking at the outside and ignoring the inside. Again, I've done that occasionally. We're all good at that. The thing was, have we ever done that? I have. The Pharisees and lawyers were more concerned with how they looked than actually being. It was about them being noticed. The inside has to be cleaned for the outside to be clean as well. In theory, that's reality. For the inside to be fully clean, the outside as well needs to be fully clean. 
The bowl in which Jesus was asked to wash his hands before a meal, which was one of their traditions, could be clean and shiny on the outside, but the reality is that on the inside, that bowl could have been filthy and dirty. So they looked at the outside. They were in the main, most of them, not all of them, not what they said they were. It was all about image. And that's a trap we can all fall into at times, isn't it? And we probably have fallen into it at some time or other. It becomes about image. What about us? Are we, am I, more concerned with looking the part? Are we as concerned with holiness on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday as what we are on a Sunday? Because it's not limited to one day, is it? Do we uphold, now this is a big challenge for all of us, do we uphold biblical standards only around other Christians? Or do we uphold them with the people where we live, where we work, where we mix, the people that we call friends? Because Jesus challenges the Pharisees and lawyers, if you practice true worship and service on the inside, the outside will also worship God another thing the Pharisees did was they were substituting minors for majors they were so careful as to tithe on the small herbs that grew in order to be acknowledged by others that they sometimes totally forgot the main things the bigger issues the bigger things and I, it challenged me I wonder if sometimes we do that that we focus on the minors so that we don't have to focus on the majors. And they were very much a work-based religion. And work-based religions keep technical aspects of their man-made religion at the expense of sometimes the things that God has actually ordained. They brag they do things, they do things to be seen, they do things to be noticed so that people see them as faithful and as tithers. But the problem with that is when it comes to show God's love and mercy to someone else, their worship often comes up empty. They can't show justice, they can't show love, they can't show mercy but they will happily be seen, as it were, throwing their pennies into the collection. Because people see them. And it gives a false image. Do we, the challenge that got me, do we ever highlight the minor things to avoid the major things? Because we can accomplish them. But when we do accomplish them, we sometimes accomplish them at the expense of true Christianity. Do we sometimes whittle down God's standards so that we can accomplish without His help? The Pharisees added to God's Word. And over time, God's Word was forgotten. And its place of truth came a man-made standard that could be accomplished by lost people. Another thing about the Pharisees was the fear of man. Is that the same for us? Do we fear man, what he thinks? Do we fear what society thinks? The ends of their religion was the approval of others. 
So they were more concerned about what other people thought. Not really what God thought, but what other people thought. They feared man rather than God. They sought man's approval, not God's. It was time with God or the best seat. Well, the Pharisees chose the best seat. They loved attention. They loved being admired for their religiosity. Hence, so many invented traditions and rules. They wanted to be important. They wanted to be religious leaders. They liked to be seen. They liked to be heard. And they loved to be seen to do the right thing. And if I'm totally honest with you, in my experience, the best leaders that I've seen in my lifetime are those who don't seek it. Those who are humble. Those who are often reluctant. And what they carry, and I think I've said this before, is not, ta- not titles, they carry towels. And the challenge to us is what do we carry? Do we care more about what others think or do we care about what Jesus thinks? Because the reality is sometimes that can make us unpopular. And we all like to be popular. We all like to be liked. Of course we do. It's human nature. But what do we care about most? What people think or what Jesus thinks? And what are we carrying? Do we want to carry titles or do we want to carry towels? And Jesus didn't wash his hands before the meal to be awkward or just to make people happy. He's just simply making a point. He's making a stand. He didn't go with the flow. He was giving out a message. And that's what we need to strive to do sometimes. As hard and as difficult as it is. And it is. It's not easy. It's hard. We have to be honest. It's hard. We can't always go with the flow. Do we do what's right by God's standards? Or are we more concerned with fitting in? Another thing we need to guard against, like the Pharisees, is teaching hypocrisy to others. There was God's law, and there was that of the Pharisees, who added to it to maintain their tradition. Are we leading people closer to Jesus, or closer to judgment, as the Pharisees did? They sometimes taught lies, or taught deceit. They were away, they were led away from God, because it was a work-based religion. And we must be careful that we teach exactly the same God's standards. We need to teach God's standards, not tradition, not rules, but God's standards. Opinions and traditions have a place, but they're not on the same level as the truth of Scripture. Making Christianity difficult, I'm sure all these added laws and added traditions made it difficult. And you probably agree with me, being a Christian at times can be hard enough. So why do we need to do it? Because it's hard enough at times. Man-made traditions can confuse and add to what God requires. God has set a set of standards in the Bible and that's what we need to live out. And that's what we need to believe. And as I've just said, these are hard enough without adding to them. So let's strive 
to attain God's standard. Not somebody else's, but God's. It's good to have examples, of course it is. But we're striving to reach God's standards. Speaking the language. Will we be found watching when Jesus returns? Will we be found ready? Will we be found doing and serving? Will we be found giving? Because we can do all these things at times and our hearts can still be black. We can look the part as the Pharisees did. The lawyers we expect and demand from others standards which we ourselves refuse to satisfy, yet we demand them from other people. And at times, we still make the Word of God so difficult, so complicated to the seeking mind of the common man and woman. And we have to ask ourselves that question. Why do we do that? Why do we complicate it? Why do we make it harder? And then there's things that we need to guard against as individuals. As the Pharisees practiced, what we fall into the trap sometimes is we judge, don't we? We judge. We say things like, and I've heard it said as well, probably said it myself, well, if you knew their Bible as well as I do, their life would be better. Let's not be so self-righteous. Let's not become smug. Because arrogance is not a Christian virtue. Another thing we may say is, well, I follow the rules. Well, if we do, that's great. And if we're trying, that's great. But that's not what gets you into Christianity, is it? That's not what gets you into heaven. You get in because of God's love, God's mercy, which was extended by Christ to each and every one of us when, yes, we broke the rules. And on a daily basis, whether we like it or not, we still break the rules. Every single one of us, because we're not perfect. And it's not following rules that keeps us in God's love any more than it is that got us into God's love. Following rules is simply a response to the love of God. And we should be grateful for that. It's a response. Another thing we may say, and I've heard this said a lot, especially when I was a little nipper growing up, you shouldn't hang around with people like that. And as a parent, we've said it to our children. Of course, we should choose our friends very carefully. I'm not saying that. But one of the main reasons why many churches are not growing is because Christians don't know any, any or many non-Christians. Said we are to be salt. Salt need, is needed for food to season it, yeah? Make it taste better. We need to spread the salt. We're told that. So, we can't leave the salt, as it were, in the box. We need to get it out. We need to spread it. We need to season, as it were, society. The places where we live. The 
places where we work, the places where we move. And Jesus paid the price for doing that amongst these religious leaders. They couldn't understand why Jesus would hang out with tax collectors, with hookers, and with notorious sinners. Why does he hang out with these kind of people? And when we put it like that, it could actually be quite disturbing, couldn't it? It could actually be quite convicting, couldn't it? But above those two, I hope it's more challenging to each and every one of us. I wonder when the last time was <clears throat> that we hung about with such people. Another thing that the Pharisees were very good at and we can fall into the trap is God listens to my prayers. Prayer is powerful. Do we trust that God listens? Because prayer is not a button to be pushed. It's a relationship to be pursued. It's not a button that we push. It's a relationship to be pursued. The way we talk about prayer sometimes may strike other people, I don't know, as a little weird. But biblical prayer is about broken people embracing the mystery and the majesty of a forgiving God. Because when prayer becomes predictable as a formula that we can manipulate sometimes and control the things we say. So when it becomes too predictable, are we really praying? Another thing that's often said, I have a few issues, but that's between me and God. <clears throat> the truth is, if we keep it that way, people will never relate to us. We can appear perfect on the outside, but we're all, every single one of us, it doesn't matter who we are, we are flawed on the inside. And when people look on the outside, I pretend to be sometimes perfect Christians, it does three things. And this is what it does. It alienates them. It makes them think that we are fake. Because even people who don't follow Christ know that we're all broken. Every single one of us. They already know that. We're all broken. And thirdly, it suggests that God can't help them. So as always, what's the antidotes? The antidotes are, which we all know, transparency, vulnerability, honesty. When you let people know you don't have it all together, but you've met an amazing God, many people often want to join in. Many people will want to listen to what you have to say. And again, sometimes it's not always easy to be vulnerable, is it? And open and honest. But it's okay to say, and especially when we come to church, it's okay to say, how are you doing? Oh yeah, I'm okay. We always say that, don't we? How are you doing? Oh yeah, I'm okay. Everything's okay. Everything's ticking over. Even when it's not, we still say that. And I know that because I say it sometimes. Yeah? But we all say that. 
It's okay to say we're not okay. It's okay to say we're struggling with something. It's okay to say that we're feeling let down. It's okay to even say we're feeling let down by God. That's okay. Because then we can help each other and talk it through. And it's transparent. And people looking in will see that. And that is attractive. It's not unattractive. It's attractive. Honesty is attractive. Openness is attractive. Vulnerability, it draws people in. Because we're being real. It's reality. And that's what we need to do more. Scripture does speak about hard work. Of course it does. We miss the love, which was a hallmark of Christians and the church, or should be. The early church's compassion after Jesus' resurrection was one of the key reasons that the Christian faith spread as rapidly as it did. Even amidst extreme, extreme persecution back then. Another thing we say sometimes, yeah? Of course I'm a Christian. And few people are better explaining the difference between a moralistic, self-righteous religion and authentic Christianity in our age than a guy called Tim Keller. This is how he puts it. He points out, religious people say their obedience and faithfulness. True Christians, by contrast, are filled with wonder and amazement and gratitude that God would accept them despite their brokenness. And when they are asked the same question, if they're a Christian, they say things like, I know, I can't believe it. Can you believe that God would accept somebody their values? But rather than fight their non-Christian counterparts, and this is where I think we have some stuff to learn, rather than fight and argue with their counterparts, they laid their lives down for them. It's a bit of a difference. While some people get really angry and demand that we stand up for Christian values, maybe the biblical argument runs the other way. Christians should live out Christian values. They should live out Christian values deeply. They should live out Christian values authentically. And why would we hold non-Christians to a standard that they don't believe in anyway? Because we tend to do that sometimes. So until they... Because Jesus never seemed to do that. He had a canny way of just getting alongside people. Paul didn't really seem to do that. He got alongside people. But the key is, they lived it out. How many times do we say actions speak louder than words? 100%. We can say everything we need to say and sometimes no results. But if people see us living out, living out what we believe, we will see results. We're coming into land now. Another thing that's said. I'm simply more comfortable with people from my church than I am with people who don't go to church. This is one of the major reasons why, as a church in general, we are incredibly ineffective at reaching on church people. If you want to change that, 
change how you do things. Get to know people who are far from God. You will discover that God likes them too. And what you will discover, and I guarantee this, because I know a lot of people like this, you will too. Because they're exactly the same as us. Yeah, they've had a different journey. Yeah, they've got involved in stuff that we probably not got involved in. But there's always a story behind everybody's issues and addictions. And the problem with society today is we never seem to have time to listen to that story. And if we sat and listened sometimes, we may find things out that would help us to relate to those people. And when we live it out, when we get alongside these people, they may even want to start following Jesus themselves. Not because of what we say, but because of what we do and how we live our life and how we live things out. And then last but not least, people who don't go to church can come if they want to. It's a no-brainer, really. Nero fiddled while Rome burned. And too many churches today are all about preferences. All about its members than the power of the gospel. What really challenged me was, what needs to change? Our church needs to love our church needs to be truthful. Our church needs to be honest. Our church needs to display grace. Our church needs to display... And when I say church, I mean church. Yeah? <laughs> display grace and mercy. And what we have to do in that is recognize ourselves. I have to recognize me, and you have to recognize you. So basically, the challenge is, what needs to change? Well, change begins with me. And change begins with you. As with any sermon, preach, talk, call it what you will, for me anyway, yeah, we need to be encouraged. But as well, a sermon should make you feel a little uncomfortable sometimes. It should make you be challenged because we want to get better at what we do. We want to reach more people. So, as with anything that I strive to say, it is said in love, and it's firstly said to me. Okay? So, what needs to change? Me and you. May God bless us this morning. Amen.